Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sessions. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and coming in all the way from South Africa via London, though. We have Kid Mike in the studios today on the virtual sessions. How are you doing today, Kid Mike? Yeah, good things, Darren. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, we're doing good out here, all the way based in Seattle, you know, having fun. It's always great to connect with people from all over the world. And uh, having you on the show, I know you're up to a lot of stuff, and we want to dive right into and start the show and start talking to you about what you've been up to, especially your latest release, Boom Beat Heartbox on Dirty Bird. Yeah. How's that been working <laughs> out for you? Yeah, that's a mouthful of Boom Beat Hotbox. But yeah, it's been really good. So um, it's obviously my first release in over a decade of um, not producing. But yeah, it's it's um, was taken up by Claude Von Stroke. It's been taken up by Adeline. The guys at Dirty Bird have just been phenomenal to work with. And yeah, it's just taken fire. It's just going absolutely mad on all platforms. So really appreciative. What was the inspiration behind the ma the making of that track? Um, you know what, mate? So lockdown, in lockdown, um, just sitting the same mundane day in, day out, day in, day out of watching your four walls and being told to stay indoors. I just was, I just remember the outdoor festival vibes and like sitting in a small sort of dance floor and just everyone singing and dancing to a big bass line and chanting the same line. And I just came up with a catchy hook and I just wanted to try and replicate that. And I thought, you know what? I haven't made music for 10 years. I took a 10-year hiatus to look after my daughter and to run a family. And what better way to express my frustration with these four walls than get back into music and it came out in Boomy's Hotbox. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people took to, you could say, picking up the pen, creating beats, doing new things. We saw a huge increase in people jumping online and started live streaming, obviously. You know, oh, yeah. and podcasting, you know, we were doing our show, our live stream for 10 years before 2020. And it was very <laughs> interesting to see everybody in the world who had an idea jump mm. online. And it kind of, it kind of validated what we had been doing for so many years and people thinking awesome. we're this crazy kind of team of people that who wants to watch DJ streaming live online? You know, and I'm like, well, have you ever listened to a radio? Have you ever listened to a radio show before? Have you ever listened to a, a DJ mix or a, you know, a BBC One or, or you know, or a, 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 what's the what's the main one? Um, oh gosh, the one on BBC. Come on, Darren, you should know this. One radio, one radio on massive. Yeah, I mean, all those shows that it finally gave a lot of justification to people wanting to jump online, and then also though finding out how hard it is to do online stuff but um it was great for creativity i think a lot of people got time to to do what you did mm -hmm. and, and spend time in there now if you could describe your music in three words or less what would you call it dark fun dark fun i want to make people smile and uh time but i don't like cheesy sounds i like dark sounds I like minimal sounds the dark fun vibes. Awesome. Want to cut it with uh, Rich Green right now and give a shout out on the show. My homie live from South Africa, JHB. You know Rich Green? <laughs> I know Rich. I know Rich well, bro. <laughs> awesome. So your return to house music. Tell our DJ yeah. sessions fans a little bit about that. What does that What does that statement mean to you? Return to house music. 
um, I don't think it's the left. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The house music's working. You really know it's like either you're not gripped me back in my um, in my in my early years, and um, it's never left. But yeah, so as a priority place, it's always been with me. Um, that I could come back and um, and hone my skills and the tools that are available to us today a lot better than what they were more accessible than they were back then. So in say 2012 when I stopped. And um, yeah, when you say return, it's like, um, like somebody said to me, things are always better the second time around, right? So this is, we come back around the second time and it's coming back even better and stronger than before. And what would define success for you as a producer? Would it be a B-Port top 10 hit, a million downloads on Spotify? What, what defines success for you as an artist? So I'll be honest with you, neither of those. So they, they're all great things. So it to sit amongst the West End and all those big names on the people take us and charts will be great but that's not what's good for me um, my goal right now and I've got a lot of work progress um, with a lot of really good artists at the moment which we'll delve into later maybe but my goal is next year's um, next year's Tomorrowland to have one or two two would be amazing my tracks played on the main stage um, and obviously seeing that so if I can get to my tracks played on the main stage at Tomorrowland um, this would be one happy camper. But. And you'll be working, you mentioned that, and, and I'm glad there was a good segue there because we were talking a little bit about, about it this before uh, pre-show, is you're working with a lot of people. Tell us about House of Hustle and some of the collabs you've got going on with House of Hustle. So House of Hustle is a um, uh, in, in, in London, um, small niche house label, really good artists on their books. They've got the likes of Holt 88, Gaz Base, big shout out to Gaz Base, and he's watching. Um, they've got Hypes, um, not Hypes, yeah, Gaz Base, it's off the head, uh, Holt 88, a bunch of big um, guys on there now. And um, they're, they're just a lot of Brazilian sort of base guys are on that label. They're doing really well. Um, and it's really cool. So I've got now a couple of collabs in the, in the works. One, another bird feed artist called. Um, Magnum, really good guys. Uh, track pop is doing massive stuff on bird feed at the moment. So if you can, check it out at ladybird.com. And then I've got um, something in the works with Guzz Base at the moment, a bit of a bassy track. And then I've got something about to go live. We're starting something now with um, Hype Bass, who's one of my favorite Lady Bird artists of all time. So a lot of exciting collabs happening at the moment. Nice. <clears throat> what do you think the best business decision of your career has been? ever been? Um, my best business decision of my music career was yeah. my day-to-day job isn't as exciting as my music career. My music career, my best music decision was just to pick it up again. So that's it, just pick up and create. So I can imagine music nowadays is like water. Right? So you switch on, for example, Dead Master, Busy Shaggy Show, you switch on, um, go to Beatport, there's a million new uploads every week and so it can be kind of daunting for any artist want to pick it up again and like, why should I I've got all these million artists I've got all this kit out there and probably are the best in these most recent like what you've got right it's just about having a good idea in your head and being able to implement it so know the tools you've got so I know Ableton really well I know the few sense that I've got really really well so just pick those tools up just get creative just make beats and once you've made something that you're happy with just get it out right it's like just there is somebody that's going to want to listen to. And yes, you're going to have a bunch. So when I, when I decide to make Boombeat Hotbox, 
it was quite intentional. Um, I decided that I wanted to get onto Dirty Bird. I made three tracks in the style of Dirty Bird. I sent all three in. Two got um, were not selected, and Booby Talkbox was selected. Um, just do it. Right? So you said, what's the most important decision you've got in music? Just do it. Just get out there, create. Be creative and push the boundaries and make music. And have you ever visited a country, a faraway country, where you don't live to or go to very often, and you were surprised people actually knew your music or knew about it? Yeah, so I mean, I'm good, but I'm just, uh, you know, during lockdown, um, we were fortunate enough to spend almost a year out in Mexico, so Central America. Uh, we didn't get to go to South America, but I'm getting a lot of love out of South America on my music, like a lot of love out there on my music. Um, when we do releases on labels, we always we get like heat maps of where your song was doing well. Funny enough, uh, Europe obviously doing well, UK is doing well, South Africa you'd imagine doing well. But yeah, I mean, like South America is really kicking off. And I didn't have any mates out there until the last three months when we put out some music there and you started collabs with people. So it was really surprising to see South America pick it up. And what were some of the, now, do, do you DJ or are you just a producer as well? So, do you know what, I mean, I've DJed my whole life um, until I stopped producing. I only produce now. Um, I haven't done any live gigs. Um, if they do call me to the Dirty Camp out next year, on stroke, and Darren, if you guys are listening, um, then absolutely I'll go and play that. But um, I don't really, really gig. I'm more interested in making music and watching people play it and see how they, how they sew those tunes together. To do that and say make people smile. So that, that's what gets me my creative juicing. And we're going to take a question from an audience member right here, P. Mitten. And the question is name three major things that create inspiration for you. Three major, okay. I hope you don't think it's cheesy. And I know I'm like a big guy and I'm covered in tattoos and stuff. But I love like a beautiful, like I go hiking on sun, on the weekends on Sundays. I love skating on top of the mountain and like just seeing like being by myself in the wilderness, like that type of thing. I also love seeing uh, people get together. So when I look at a club that's absolutely kicking off, but everybody's smiling, there's no bad vibes. That kind of like togetherness gets me going. And um, it's just like, sees, like uh, my family, I would say, but like when I look at my kid and I look at my missus, and do you ever get fed up with making music and what do you do to get over that and get get yourself back in the groove so dude so um yes is the answer i think everybody gets a bit frustrated i think every artist has its on days and off days be it djs be it producers be it dj producers be it with the paintbrush, people off days, right? So I'm sure you even get, have your off days where you're like, oh, the DJ is getting a bit much. But you carry on, right? What I do to get over it is sometimes I just put down my mouse, I put down my keyboard with my synthesizers, and I just say, today I'm going to go and listen to music. For, I'm literally going to spend a day in the headspace of this label and go just down to do this. I'll run it, I'll go to the gym to it, I'll spend the day in the car driving to it, and I'll just get over it. So, Producing isn't just sitting behind your keyboard and your, and your synthesizers and your, and your door. It's um, literally in, indulging yourself in what you want to learn. And you'll find out, like, the way you learn, these days that I've been to the gym, mate, and I've been, like, 
irritated with production out of my mind. Like, I don't want to hear another, like, nothing's working in the studio. You go to the gym, you put on some beats, you put on your headphones, you start pumping iron, and you'll start hearing, like, something from a, a label you've never even heard of before, but you'll start hearing the way somebody's, like, half the sound or something, and it's like, oh, geez. Suddenly, that box of fire in you, you drop the weights and straight back to the house, into the studio, and you start producing, right? So, it's just like, get yourself out, push yourself out of your comfort zone, push the envelope, and I promise you, there's so much inspiration out there. And and when you're not listening to dance music, what do you listen to? What well, I listen to classic rock. When I don't listen to dance music, I listen to classic rock. But so like, um, I like Guns N' Roses. Believe it or not, um, I know like a lot of the dance DJs actually come and listen to that also. But ninety um, percent of my music. Um, is is dance music in my ears, right? So, uh, and picking up little nuances of all the styles. So, uh, the old classic, like uh, Chicago house stuff from the 90s. So, Frankie Knuckles, D, uh, DJ Sneak, Felix the Housecat, all those guys. Uh, just over the like over processed synthesized stuff from today, which I love. I'll pop that on and I'll just sit there and just stay had way with rhythm and the tools we have so the way those guys put rhythms and sounds together like it, it inspires me so sometimes i'll do that just to get ideas like rhythmic ideas or do you know what i mean and we're going to take another audience question here from efra taya i hope i said that right if you had to pick one of your productions as your most favorite one which would that be and is there a thought behind why it is your favorite. Absolutely. So it's a bit shallow, and my favorite production is the one on Dirty Bird, Boom Beat Hardbox. And the reason is, since Dirty Bird started in the mid-2000s, I've been hell-bent on having one of their art covers on one of my records, right? So, I mean, they've got amazing art. You've seen that art on, on all their records. And it's just been like, that's my goal of mine. So when I've got my art, which is that yellow type thing that's flying through the sky, it's on YouTube, get your lights, keep my boom beat hot box on, on Dirty Bird. That, that like animation, that, that was like a highlight for me, right? So that was the success of this year. We've got a success for next year, which is the track to be played at Tomorrowland. But yeah, that's just done it for me. So that is my favorite production. However, I do have a, a, a work of love that I'm busy with. I haven't released it with anybody yet. It's a very acid-driven track, and it was inspired by the Plum DJs who are using up. Love their music, still listen to also nowadays for inspiration. Um, so I love the Plum DJs, and I'm busy with the track of theirs, which is like my labor of love, and I'm busy with that. I'm trying to find a label for it, and I just found I haven't thought to use the right label for it yet. And another audience question here from Folly Busy. Who has been your biggest influence when it comes to your career as an artist and why? I have to give one name, good question. If I have to give one name, um, without sounding cheesy or, or suck up, because that's not what I'm about, so I'm as real as it gets, but I would say Claude Stroke. Um, his music is tricky. It's been pushing the edge. It's been like, it, it's just been fun, right? So even the name Claude Stroke, as you know, it's not a real name, but it's just like a cheeky name. Like, it's got a bit of an innuendo amongst it. So I just like the way he pushes the boundaries, and he's just, he has influenced sound a lot, so, um, in the way that I do music. Um, and also, he runs the label that um, I aspire to. So a lot of the artists on the label, I love the best sounds too. So I'd say as a whole, it's the one track himself. Awesome. I don't think that's cheesy at all. I mean, it, that's that's a perfect 
I think that's somebody that is, is definitely a pioneer moving forward, yeah. pushing the industry further and further, you know, and making it making it happen. Hopefully I'll get him on the show one of these days. Yeah. What uh, what measures, what what do you take, what do you do to actively promote yourself, your releases, and your career? You know, do you think that that solid PR is an important mm -hmm. asset for a producer to have? Uh, yes, absolutely. So, like I said earlier, music is in abundance. So there's so much, but not too much. Be enough, too much music is always enough music. But um, you do need somebody to kind of guide you and push your music in the right direction. So, um, I've been lucky enough to work with guys at um, Dirty Bird and House Vassal. That it's it's a lot of people aren't that lucky, but the, most labels have got an outlet for them music and have got some sort of PR um, backing to them. So if you can get on a smaller label, do it, get your music out. I do think it's important. It helps you navigate. It helps you meet people that are in the same label, et cetera, that you start working with, which is exactly what's happened with me. So yeah, I think it is important. Awesome. Going to take another audience question because it was one of my questions I was going to ask you. And this is from Palio Nami. I hope I said that right. Question is, name the most inspiring person you've ever met backstage and tell us why this person has inspired you. Sorry, sorry mate. Say it again. You break up for a second. Oh, Say it again, Darren. I got you. One moment. I'll bring it back in here. Let me see if I can. So we'll bring it back in. Pally Nomi. Name the most inspiring person you've ever met backstage and tell us why this person has inspired you. Bro, do you know what? It actually happened when I was really, really young, and I just saw another question pop up um, in, in a feed about YouTube and the Rolling Stones. We'll jump back to now. So, funny enough, um, so we went to go watch the uh, YouTube play live in the UK um, and met with the band backstage, and the guys are just down to earth. Actually, you think that somebody rocks stadiums like that, they're making the money that they're making, they've got the following, they've got the influence that they've got, and they are just really down to earth. And um, they were born through a city that Ireland had at the time, and um, and the, the music speaks speaks it right. So meeting those guys really inspired me, and then seeing how down to earth they can be, even though all this going on, still had time to say hello to me, they still had time to have a chat with me, and tell me to carry on. Um, so yeah, meeting you two backstage was great. That kind of that kind of that kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna pull that question because I know one you just saw. Yes. Give me a second here. I'm gonna pull that one right in now. It's from uh, <laughs> Kai Biak. Okay, you know, you two and Rolling Stones have been rocking stadiums forever and a day. Would you see yourself? The question is DJing at the age of seventy, but would you see yourself producing at the age of seventy? So, so absolutely, mate. I mean, look at Cole Cox, right? The 60th birthday the other day, right? So Michael Cox, yeah, he's, he's cracking on in age, but his beats are as fresh as anybody's. They're the best, right? It's called, called I don't want to swear on you, but it's called Eminem Cox, right? So he's a big deal. So um, yeah, absolutely. As long as as long as the industry and the listeners would like to hear my music, I would make the music, mate. Mm -hmm. And th this is a great. I was just going to ask you this question as well, but I'm going to take it from a fan from. Um, Folly Busy, have you made a lot of friends in the electronic music world, or would you say most are just business contacts? But so, 
yeah, I mean, I would no, I'd say friends also. So it's not just contacts, right? So people do go to shows and they do go to gigs just to meet people and, and network, and it's a really important part of what you do as a producer and DJ. But um, absolutely, you're meeting like-minded people and people with that much interest. Of course, you're going to become mates. Um, I started producing, um, learning Cubase way back when. A good friend of mine, Jimmy Chronic, uh, James Sells is his real name. Um, he's in Bali touring at the moment, and um, we, mate, we were figuring out how Cubase works, right? So we just heard all these like crazy sounds from Daft Punk. We we're trying to figure out how does Cubase work, and I'm a dirty bird. He's, he's touring Bali, um, and we've never stopped being mates. And it's all through music, it's all through evening. And um, I guess some some event questions here. If you could host an event of your own mm. without any limitations. Name five things you would have at that event. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so I've never heard of the event before, so really good question. Um, one thing I'd have is obviously good music. Something that's really important, um, which is um, is family. So if we could do like a massive festival, you think of Duty Bird Camp out, this massive um, like camp type of vibe. So if you have something like that where you... Kids could stay, like families could stay, and there's stuff for kids to do in the day. And everyone goes to the tents, and everyone parties together, and everyone does their thing. Um, having having activities for kids would definitely be something, or having a kid vibe to it would be something for me. Um, and um, music, family vibe, um, I would definitely lasers and lights are massive. I mean, you, you cannot have. I mean, music's one part of a good gig, right? The rest is lasers, it's dances. And it's it's a it's a interesting stage to look at. Nobody wants to sort of look at a DJ box anymore. People want to look at these beautiful stages now. And I want to see the, the, the I mean, DJs are jumping on the decks. I saw one the other day. I can't remember who it was. Jumped on top of the decks and started dancing. And I was like, oh my shit, bro! Do you know how much your CDJs cost? But yeah, so it's just that that, that level of entertainment, absolutely. Have you been asked to do anything in virtual reality? Or would that be something you you'd be interested in in doing oh, yeah. in the future? Yeah, so, so, yeah, absolutely interested in doing a VR set. So we are talking about how you made a certain sound in VR, so, like a little tutorial in VR. Absolutely, a, a set in VR. Definitely, I'm a big fan of VR. I bought the Oculus Quest when it came out. I bought the when it came out. Massive fan. Again, big tattooed guy, but super geek at heart. Bouncing around my living room, nearly breaking my TV, playing VR. Absolutely, mate. That's my game. <laughs> Yeah, we just launched. Uh, we just soft launched two VR nightclubs in Alt Space, and we're getting ready to, to grand open them, and then have where people can actually go in and watch like this interview live in VR in our nightclubs. Wow. And then we have our our, our mixes. Um, one of those you will be putting your exclusive mix in rotation in those nightclubs, and you can actually go around and do different stuff and and, and kind of thing. You know, we see it as the next extension of online or social media or social interaction with with brands from a brand perspective there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be happening there it's going to be amazing um mm. and speaking about future forward future stuff have you looked into the magic three little letters nfts uh, absolutely so, um, I, was, I was a crypto geek with the money on ethereum and then nfts came up everybody's stuff and my missus is a graphic designer highly talented graphic designer she does all my like all the label covers that i send off to for promos to death as demos but she's really really gifted so definitely thought about it um i know nfts i've done anything myself 
Um, I, I was part of, I don't know if you know Dolly, that um, AI sort of art thing. You just type words in and it creates this art for you, right? It's, it's Dolly. So I was one of the original testers for Dolly that's just gone live now in beta. And we went to that to do NFTs. So absolutely, I'd love to do NFTs. Um, I know that Dirty Bird has taken our, our pictures and they've pushed it into the NFT space. I think that they get an NFT and then they get like an open cut of the track or something. So definitely, it's, it's something of the future and it is growing, by the way. So absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, what it means for artists is being able to obviously get some kind of kickback over and over and over again as their yeah. their music passes along and passes through the through the through the world. You know, one of the things we're looking to do is is take like interviews like this, and then yeah. NFT the interview. But then I would I would attach your wallet to it as well, so we yeah. put it up as kind of a collector's item and saying, hey. We have a Kid Mike interview. We got 20 of these things. Buy it as a collectible, but every time it passes on, you would get a kick of it. We look at it as the new version. How That's how we're going to apply it to our technology. But the way we look at it is instead of sending you the fruit basket or the bottle of wine being on the show, it's like, hey, we're sending you NFT. We're attaching your wallet to these dang things you know, and, and putting them out there for collectors and fans to buy and hold on to them. And then if they decide to trade them or, or sell them or whatnot, I think that's kind of a – interesting thing um you know see how that's gonna play out um so, question so here from yeah no so, so i challenge you mate so if you put out an nft i'll take a track with little snippets of vocals from this and i'll put a track together that you can put out on the nft as a bonus download but i love um, it i love yeah. it i think that'd be great yeah. uh we'll definitely talk off camera about that um you know i think i think my guy who's done all my nft minting and all of that stuff for us is Kind of like saying, just wait for the market to come back a little bit more, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit more, you know. But um, here's a question from Nearsofrau. I hope I said that right. What is your dream project, bro? So um, you know, either Paul Stroke, Cole Cox, any of the big DJs. Um, They've just so so Clubhouse has just done the Beaks and Freaks remixes, right? So you've got Vanessa, you've got everybody on there doing remixes. Steve Darko, one of my idols. Um, they've all done remixes of the original Beaks and Freaks album. So to be invited to do something like that right now for me as a producer, where I am, I think that would be something that that, that would be a highlight for me. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's 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 interesting that you mentioned this a little bit earlier about how. It's more going to the production of the show rather than focusing on the DJ. This is a old. I remember when I was a kid going to clubs. I'm going to bring up a question from the chat room here from Ogertame. I hope I said that right. You know, at, at clubs and other dance events, should people look at the DJs like they're rock stars or would it be more fun if the DJs were just slightly more anonymous and, and just part of the bigger show or event? I remember back at my two cents before you answer this here. Back when I used to go to clubs, DJs were off in the corner. They were not prominently featured, and you were all about the music and the atmosphere. We didn't have cell phones, so we weren't searching on Facebook or playing Candy Crush. We were in the club to get to the dance floor, to get our drinks, and, and, and get our groove on. Yeah. Now all eyes are stage. All eyes are attention. All eyes are big show, boom, 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 you know. What is your take on that? Do you think that, that people should look at the DJs like the rock stars, or do you think they should be, be, be uh, off the side and, 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 and you know, anonymous? So, so, 
Yeah, so for now, so I don't think DJ should be anonymous. And I'll tell you why. It's because DJs are producers nowadays, right? So even James Hype, who's a really super talented DJ right now, he's produced a lot in his recent track, Ferrari's really doing well. But I'm saying, so DJs are producers. And you take Fisher, I mean, Fisher as a producer, to me, is much larger than Fisher as a DJ. But when I go to see Fisher play, I kind of want to know what, what's the sounds that are driving this guy's mind, right? So what is going on? And I mean, you see Fisher, but he's like a, he's like a show to watch on his own, even though he's not DJ, right? So he's <laughs> I don't know, he's just so cracking his own, bro. But so, but the, I, I think you go see the guy making music that you love, but then also see how they incorporate all the sounds that they listen to and, and and portraying it to the crowd um, to show what am I listening to at the moment? What's driving my sound? What is driving me as a DJ slash producer? Um, so it's not just the DJ anymore because the DJs I used to watch in the club. To that guy kind of music, man. So, you know what I mean? Music was made on eight byte reels and that type of stuff in those days. Now those guys, the guys actually making the music that they're playing in the clubs. So when you play a set like tomorrow, I'll be sending you guys the set um, that, that you'll be putting up on the stream. That's got some of my favorite artists in this. Guys that have driven my sound. Right? So you've got all the guys, and you've got Walker and Royce, you've got Odelon, you've got Gaz Bass, you've got Magnum, you've got these guys that drive my sound. Um, and high personal guys, they drive my sound. They've made me what I am today as a producer. So it's nice to show them and mix it the way I would mix it, the way I see it being played. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the two interlink nowadays. So the artist is the is the DJ, and the DJ is the artist. The line the line has definitely gotten smaller between DJ and producer now, yeah. especially with the advent of technology. You know, I remember back in two thousand, it was still kind of a hardware based world. You know, I mean, there was some software out there you could play. I, I think I had Fruity Loops 3 on, on a laptop <laughs> computer um, that I would play around with. And then uh, I, I got in, I got a, a couple pieces of rolling gear. I'm not a producer by any way, shape, or form, but I did like the physical aspect of being able to touch nice. the knobs, yeah. press the buttons, and, and do make the changes there in, like, real time and not have to do it by getting a high-level computer. Uh, I, I went into video editing and not music production, but I had grown up around music all my life. My brothers were in a band, and I grew up in, in a studio environment playing with four-track, eight-track recorders, keyboards, uh, rack mounts, all, all, all that kind of rack-mounted gear, where it was all – you were physically touching to manipulate stuff and, and tweaking and being, playing with MIDI at you know, eight years old in the mid eighties, you know, was not a lot of kids had access to MIDI gear at, at, at eight years old. So, you know, but always had a fun time playing in the studio. Are you a hardware based or software based producer? Hardware, dude. So um, 90% of my stuff is in the box. So I'm very much um, in the door. However, I do like manipulating everything also. So um, I can push massive part of my workflow because I can assign the knobs and everything. I've got my keyboard. I've also massive part of my workflow because I do like and tweaking as we go with my hands, right? So, but uh, the thing is that the amount of sound that I can get out of my Native Instruments 13 complete, there isn't a studio in the world that's got that much kit in it, right? So, do you know what I mean? So, it's um, a, a hybrid is my answer. And then, while we're touching on that, a good segue would be somebody's just asked, what set of headphones do you trust? I don't know if you saw the question. So, <laughs> two set of headphones, um, when I produce, uh, the Focal, Listen Professionals, this is my go-to. So I trust these boom hardbox entire track was mixed and mastered on this. Believe it or not, I didn't use monitors at all for it. And then um, 
And then when DJing, I use the uh, Sennheiser HD 25 Plus. So those are the two. So Focal, Listen Professionals for Production, and then the Sennheiser HD 25s for DJing. I'm going to give MSG Hippo a shout out for asking that question right now. MSG Hippo, what brand of headphones do you trust? And is there a specific model you really like? Yeah. Always like it when 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 our guests are asking shows then I, and you can see the chat room going and you're bringing in the questions. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I'm I'm kind of out of, I know we got a bunch of questions coming in from the chat room right now. Um, but uh, you know, we do have to wrap this up a little bit. Is there anything else that you want to let our DJ Sessions fans know before we let you go? Guys, um, yeah, not, not really. I mean, please, if you're not following me already on, um, on socials, hit me up on Instagram, kidmike.official, um, and you'll get all the latest news there. I'm busy with a lot of collabs with um, people from House of Us, people from Dirty Bird Records, guys that I look up to. So when they say this to a collab, it's like, oh, mate, I've looked up to your music all the time. So look up there, hit me there. Um, just keep the space open and um, just carry on producing, be creative, push envelopes, and carry on making good music. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the virtual session today. It was a pleasure having you. We will be following up with you as we promise every six months. We want to get everyone that comes on the show and stay in touch with them, future forward, and, and well, go with it. Are you going to be at ADE this year by any chance? Um, I, I may go through, mate. So I'll be back in Europe. So I'll probably pop across. Um, and if I do, I'll definitely come see you at the tent. I know you said you're going to be out there this year. You guys have some big stuff happening there, so I don't know if you want to touch on that. Absolutely. It'd be great to touch base with you, see you out there again. And again, like I said, we're going to stay in touch with you, follow you with what's going on. I want to hear about more of those collabs. I want to see more of those collabs. I want to hear more of those collabs. Okay. And I'm looking forward to that exclusive guest mix you're going to be sending our way as well for the DJ sessions. Tomorrow, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time, guys. I appreciate it. Thank awesome. You so much. That's Kid Mike coming all the way in from South America via London because he will be going back home. I'm Darren in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington. Don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Meta. Basically, just go to our website, thedjsessions.com. You can find our VR nightclubs there on Altspace. You can also check us out live streaming on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play, soon to be Apple TV. But again... Our website, thedjsessions.com, over 600 news stories a month going out. Lots of content, exclusive mixes, live interviews. Jump in the chat room, ask those questions. Download our app at thedjsessions.com. Again, Kid Mike, Darren, for the virtual sessions. And remember, on the DJ sessions, the music never stops.